Hello and welcome to our first ever online sermon from Hersham Baptist Church. My name is Heather and I have the great privilege of speaking to you this morning. Whether you are a regular member of our church or a member of our local community here in Hersham or just someone who happened across our YouTube channel, then we hope that this will be a great blessing to you this morning in the midst of everything that's going on. We are hoping to post sermons every Sunday on this channel as well as other videos as we go uh, through the next few weeks. So do tune in and we hope that you will be encouraged. And this morning I was praising God for the internet. It is absolutely phenomenal how many different ways there are to stay connected through its many different apps and services while we can't actually meet face to face in person. From tomorrow, our children will be off school, and I have been inundated with online resources of different ways in which I can teach them and to help them have fun over the next few weeks. And it is amazing that just at the touch of a button, all of this is available to us. And I don't want to take that for granted uh, right now, that though we may be confined to our own homes and missing not being able to come together to worship in church, we can still connect with one another like this. So today is Mothering Sunday, and this isn't quite the service that we'd had planned. We would have loved to have given you flowers and for the children to have made cards uh, for our many wonderful uh, church family this morning. I would love to be visiting my own mum this afternoon and to be giving her a big hug. Today is going to be a challenging day for every one of us because there is a storm raging around us. A storm which none of us anticipated and most of us were not prepared for. As I keep hearing people say, two months ago corona was just the name of a pale lager and now it is a virus spreading across the entire world at a seemingly unstoppable pace and turning our everyday lives upside down. A lady in the queue behind me at a local coffee shop said to me the other day, as the cashier explained that I couldn't pay with cash now, only contactless card, that she keeps saying to herself, surely this isn't real. But I'm afraid this storm is very real. And it is very big and we really didn't see it coming. But do you know who did see it coming and who is prepared for it? And who is always prepared for every storm that this world has to offer? Jesus. And because Jesus is good and gracious and compassionate and all-knowing and kind enough to have taught us in advance through his word, the Bible, he has already shown us how we are going to weather this storm. He has already shown us that he is with us throughout this storm that he has the power to overcome the storm, and that if we are afraid of the storm right now, it's not because the storm is too big, but it's because we just haven't realised quite how big our God is. Incidentally, last week Phil preached on the importance of being saturated in the Bible, reading it, knowing it, Letting its wisdom and understanding enhance how we see God, that we may be comforted and that we may be equipped for every battle. Well, today is a great example of that principle coming into action. We need to get to grips with the Bible, with God's word this morning, so that we can be prepared for this battle. 
So we're going to open our Bibles, if you've got one there at home, then if you could open it to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read from verses 35 to 41. We're going to read what our amazing God wrote down in advance to prepare us for the storm that is raging right now. If you have a Bible, then let's read along together. So from verse 35 of chapter 4. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You might be very familiar with this passage. It's one of Phil's favourite Bible stories to tell the children at our toddler group and in school assemblies because it is such a great story of who Jesus is. And it's a very simple passage, it's not difficult to understand, and yet its message is so powerful, and it's one I believe that we need to hear again right now. And there are three main points that I want to make today that I think we need to keep in mind as we try and weather this storm that is raging around us. The first is, remember who it is who is in the boat with you. Number two, know just how big he is. And finally, as you keep your eyes fixed on him, watch faith triumph over every fear. So firstly, let's look at who is in the boat with us. If you are new to the Bible, then this account of Jesus calming the storm appears in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke. And it is told in the early stages of Jesus' ministry on earth. At this point, Jesus has already begun his ministry. He has called some disciples, some uh, men to follow him. He started to teach And he has started to perform miracles. And people are just beginning to realise that there is something pretty special about this man. And at the end of a long day of miracle working, Jesus and his followers get in a boat to cross over the lake to go to another region. And out of nowhere, a furious storm rose up. The disciples were afraid, just like many of us are afraid today. They were afraid. The lake that Jesus and his disciples were crossing over was the Sea of Galilee. Its geographic location makes it particularly susceptible to sudden, violent storms as it sits in a basin surrounded by mountains. And the storm we read here in the Gospel is described as a furious squall with waves being driven into the boat so that water was coming in. And these men, and especially the fishermen amongst them, would have sailed this lake regularly. They were pros at what they did. 
So we must assume that for them to react quite as they did, the storm must have been really something. A big storm was raging and it was sudden. I love Jesus. Do you see how many similarities already there are with our current situation? It was a big storm and it was sudden. It came out of nowhere. But the fear that the disciples felt, Jesus says, is in itself a revelation. It's telling them something, not about the storm, but about them, about something inside, not something outside. Why are you so afraid? Do you have still no faith, Jesus says. Now, this might sound like a bit of a harsh criticism from Jesus, But actually, he is trying to teach his disciples and to teach us something really important. Because when we are afraid, it says something about us. Our focus, Jesus says, is on the wrong thing. Our focus is on the storm. Interestingly, again, this picks up on the message that Phil preached on the 1st of March. You can take a look at it on our website later. When we are going through difficult times, where our focus is makes all the difference to how we are able to cope. The disciples were not prepared for the storm. It came out of nowhere. They were not ready. I think we can all identify today with that feeling of fear when we are caught off guard. I used to be a criminal barrister, and for the most time I practiced, I would get a brief probably around 5.30 the night before and had to be ready to present the case in court the following morning. And I can tell you there is little more terrifying than being caught out by a judge because you didn't prepare properly. It is not a nice feeling. When we are not prepared, we get scared But the big waves in this story were not the problem, Jesus says. In fact, do you notice that Jesus doesn't actually make any comment at all about the storm? He addresses the storm directly, but he himself makes no comment about its size or its strength. In fact, Jesus was so unbothered by the storm that... He was actually asleep as it was raging, and the disciples had to wake him up to get his attention. Jesus isn't focused on the waves, and he isn't focused on the wind, because Jesus is focused on something else. Jesus is focused on God, and because he knows how big God is, he is not afraid. You see, fear is not from God, because God is in complete control over all things. Just a short verse from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 7, it says this, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and of sound mind. When fear comes into our hearts, those three elements are removed. So what is the opposite then that happens? Well, the opposite of love is selfishness. Stop piling anyone. 
When we are afraid, we act selfishly. We act only to protect ourselves because we forget that our God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. But when we are not afraid, we respond in love. We give away one of our precious loo rolls or packets of pasta because we trust that God is bigger. We trust that God has our back. So secondly, power. The opposite of power is weakness. When we are afraid, we lose hope. We see no way through. We close our doors. Our heads sink and we feel only darkness. But when we are not afraid, we continue to worship God, to praise him even in the midst of the storm. We pray for him to intervene and to act because we know that he has the power to do something about it. And finally, sound mind. The opposite of a sound mind is a panicked, crazy thought. When we are afraid, we feed off scare stories and we catastrophize worst-case scenarios in our minds. But when we are not afraid... Our minds remain strong in Christ. We wear the helmet of salvation. That's from Ephesians 6, the armour of God. We wear the helmet of salvation. Our minds remain sound because we remember that Jesus died to save us. That he has conquered even death for all who trust in him. The disciples were afraid because their view of Jesus was just too small. In fact, their exclamation after Jesus had stilled the wind and the waves says it all. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Despite following Jesus around at close quarters for the last few months, watching him perform miracle after miracle and hearing teaching like nothing else they'd ever heard, They still didn't really get just how big he was, just how powerful. Perhaps they didn't even really understand that this man that they were following is in fact the son of God, complete with all power and might and authority. The disciples were facing big waves, but they had little faith in Jesus and so fear was overwhelming them. But had they faced big waves with big faith, then they would have known that God's got this because his son was with them. Jesus was with them. Faith would have triumphed over their fear. So to to our second point, know just how big Jesus is. That's all very well. Have big faith so you are not afraid of big waves. It might sound easy to say, you might think, but how does our faith get big? How does it grow? Romans 10 verse 17 says this, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. There it is again. We need to get to grips with the Bible. We need to remind ourselves daily just who our God is. So let's look again at what this great book has to say. Firstly, if you'd like to turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 1 and verse 16. Jesus is Lord over 
all creation. Verse 16 says this, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Just pause there for a moment. All things were created through him and for him. That's everything. The whole of creation. And not only is Jesus the creator of all things, but he also controls all of creation. Verse 17 goes on to say this. He is before all things, and in all thing, in him all things hold together. When Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and spoke to the waves and said, Be still! The wind and the waves died down and it was completely calm. Jesus spoke and his creation immediately responded. Jesus rebukes his disciples for their lack of faith and for being afraid. This suggests that he was rather hoping that they would have had a more mature faith by now. They have seen him heal the sick, drive out demons and much more, all at close hand. And just like those disciples, millions of us across the world are afraid right now. You might be afraid. I'm a little afraid. But Jesus, I believe, is calling us to look to him. If we are going to weather this storm without sinking, without losing our minds, without becoming overcome by fear, then we need to fix our eyes on him and we need to enlarge our view of God. Abraham Lincoln once famously said these words, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. Right now, we have nowhere else to go. There is no vaccine, the coronavirus is everywhere, and it is spreading at an unprecedented rate. And it is causing entire nations to lock down in a way never seen before. This is a really big storm. So how do we see how great God is? How do we fear not in the situations that we face when we feel so out of control? The prophet Isaiah wrote at a time when fear was really beginning to grip the nation. Battles were raging, enemies were attacking. So we're going to read together from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, starting at verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. Do not be afraid, here is your God. In other words, Isaiah was calling the people to focus in on who God is in order to combat the fear that they were experiencing inside. 
He then goes on to demonstrate the greatness of God and show the people why they do not need to be afraid. He backs it up, and this applies to us today too. Let's just look at verse 12 together. When Isaiah said, here is your God, this is who he says God is. So verse 12 of chapter 40. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance. This is who God is. Here is your God. Firstly, he measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. Do you know that 71% of this planet is covered with water? It isn't called the blue planet for nothing. In some places, the water is as much as eight miles deep. The total volume of water on the planet is difficult to calculate because the number is just so huge. Scientists in the United States have had a go. This is what one scientific website said. If all the Earth's water, oceans, ice caps and glaciers, lakes, rivers, groundwater and water in the atmosphere was put into a sphere, then the diameter of that water ball would be about 860 miles. The volume of all water would be about 332.5 million cubic miles, and a cubic mile of water equals more than 1.1 trillion gallons. It cannot be expressed as one number. The number would just be too big. It's expressed here as like a formula. And then looking back at what Isaiah says about God, God can measure all of that water in the hollow of his hand. That is how big God is. When we fix our eyes on God, we see just how big he is. And secondly, with the breadth of his hands, he has marked off the heavens. That's the entire universe. There is no instrument that can measure the distance across the universe. The nearest star to our planet, other than the sun, is four and a half light years away. That is equivalent to 26 trillion miles. And that's just the nearest star. We don't even know how many stars there are in the universe. Another US website says this. The number of stars in a galaxy varies, but assuming on average about 100 billion stars per galaxy, means there are about 1 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. The breadth of your hand, or the span of your hand, is the distance from your thumb to your little finger. God is so big that he measures the whole universe with all its 1 billion trillion stars in the span of his hand. When the enemy comes in like a flood with fear, we need to remember the hollow and the span. 
We need to enlarge our view of God. We need to be to remember that we do not need to be afraid because our God can fit the waters in the hollow of his hand and measure the universe with the span of his hand. Our God is big, bigger than a virus, bigger than a pandemic, bigger and greater and more powerful than literally any other thing on this earth. We need a bigger view of God. And I don't know about you, but I just feel the fear melting away as I fix my eyes on God this morning. As we fix our eyes on him, the faith rises, and as the faith rises, the fear melts away. There is a storm, and the storm is very real, and the storm is big. But we have a God who is not afraid because he is bigger than every storm and stronger than every wave. And so I just want to finish this morning by spending a few minutes thinking about what that means for us right now. The coronavirus is real and it is here. It has come suddenly and we did not see it coming but God did and I believe God wants to encourage each one of us this morning to fix our eyes on him if we fix our eyes on God and remember just how big he is remembering the hollow and the span As we do that, as we read our Bibles, as we sing and worship to him and encourage each other with stories of how God is moving in our lives, even in the midst of all of this, then our faith will rise and conquer the fear. I don't know what the total impact of this virus will be. No one does. Thousands of people have already died and we are told that many more will do. I don't know when all of this will end, but in one sense, we don't need to know when it will end. What we need to know is that God is in control, that God is good, and that by fixing our eyes on him, the faith will rise and the fear will fade. And when that faith rises and we trust in Jesus and fix our eyes on him and remember that even if we get sick, even if we die, that even death itself is not the end because Jesus has conquered even death itself. The worst thing that this world can throw at us is death and we don't even need to be afraid of dying because Jesus has conquered death itself. Tune in at Easter to hear more about that. But for now, know that Jesus is in the boat with us. He's here. He's in the storm with us. And he is more powerful than we can even imagine. And he is a good, good God. Let's just take a minute to pray, to confess our fears and commit them to him. 
Let's ask God to give each of us a new, bigger revelation of who he is. Let's ask him to help us fix our eyes on him in the coming weeks, to cause our faith to rise and the fear to melt away.